Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Talks with Comfort. It's been a minute since I recorded a podcast, like a proper podcast, guys. I'm sorry. Just had a lot of stuff going on and I also blame Corona. It didn't really do anything, but I blame Corona. But today I am sitting with Miss Sylvia Hamata and she and I are going to have a really general conversation. She's about to start a podcast and this is just a way to get comfortable with the flow of the system and also to get to know her and her amazing life and <laughs> you know all the amazing things that she does so thank you so much for doing this with me thank you comfort all right so please give us a short introduction about who you are what you do or you know where you grew up all of that also happy belated birthday once again thank <laughs> you but i'm only accepting late birthday wishes with a bottle of wine so oh, yours okay. is not complicated <laughs> okay yes okay mom who am i i'm sylvia hamato um a kwanyama girl from Amafa village that's uh i, I always say it. Anybody who claims to know me should know that I'm from Amafo region, in the Ambena region. Um, what was the first, second thing? <laughs> so, um, you grew up in Omafa. Omafo. Omafo. Village. Where is that exactly? Ohangwena region. Okay. Yeah, um, it will be 10 kilometers to Chicago. Chicago oh, is okay. Like bordering Angola. Okay. So, I've been there, but I, I'm, like, I'm trying to like... Point out I think on the way from Ondangba to Chicago, that main road, okay. the most beautiful town you found in between there, like 10 <laughs> kilometers to Chicago, that's a map of village. Awesome, awesome. Yes, yes. So how was your childhood like, you know, growing up um, in the village and now you're in the big city, Winduk is considered like the big city. So what was the journey like? Um, I grew up with my parents uh, in Namafa. Mm-hmm. Um, I attended my primary school there until grade six. Okay. Thereafter, my parents sent me to primary school in Fontaine okay. for grade seven. I think they wanted me to start learning Afrikaans oh. and proper English. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to Maria Brown Primary School, which is a Catholic school. Okay. And then my high school, I came to Windhoek, uh, Pena Secondary School, from oh. grade eight until grade 12. Um, yeah, that's that's my first stint with uh, Windhoek. Awesome. And then after high school, I always wanted to become a scientist. Really? Somehow. What kind of, did you know what kind of scientist or? A chemist. Okay. I wanted to, to just come up with um, solutions. <laughs> <That's what laughs> I always imagined myself being in a lab yeah. with a code. Um, Nobody seeing me yeah. and just doing all these things. In fact, at some point I fantasized actually being the person to find the cure for HIV AIDS. Yeah, it can still happen. Yeah, it can still happen. <laughs> the basics of chemistry that I knew had disappeared over the years. <laughs> so my dream to becoming a scientist somehow died. Um, in my grade 12, uh, I did badly in, in mathematics. And yeah, um, <laughs> when I went to university, I uh, went to register for Bachelor of Science mm-hmm. and I was turned away because I didn't meet the requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, um, where was, was that? UNAM? U- UNAM, yes. Okay. At the time we only had UNAM oh. and then NAST now mm-hmm. was Polytech at yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. So UNAM, I couldn't enter, get into the Bachelor of Science um, 
school because uh, I, of my mathematics. Mm. I had an E and the requirement was a, a C. Always. Always a C. Always a C. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but at the time when I was actually registering for, for UNAM, then I also had ideas of becoming a doctor. Mm. So now, when I was at the Faculty of Science now, struggling with registrations and mm. being disappointed that I can't get into the program I wanted, mm. the career guidance person, person whatever, <laughs> yeah. found me and they asked me, okay, what's up? I'm like, um, I can't get into science school. Mm. I'm like, okay, so now what, what's your plan? What's next? what's next? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, but what exactly did you want to be? Mm. I'm like, um, I wanted to study science so that I can at least go to medical school because yeah. at the time, Winna was not offering medicine. medical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, at the time they were not. So you do Bachelor of Science two years and then that's like a project for you to get to medical school. Like, so you wanted which to is, do... Which would have been like in South Africa? Yeah, okay. it, that would have been like in South Africa. Okay. So he's like, okay, so now your hindrance is mathematics. Mm. But you want to do medicine? Like, so yes. Then why don't you do this? Um, go and improve my mathematics. Mm. And then in the meantime, since you want to do medicine, mm. try your luck at nursing school at um you yes okay. go to the nursing department and just see if at least then you get a year within the hospital yeah just for you to see whether you really like the on. environment yeah. there and then once you pass your mathematics then you can switch over to that's such a good idea it, yeah. yeah so i went home i thought about it and then um told my mom this is what's happening now. Mm. And she's like, okay, we are going to send your money for you now to go and register for mathematics. Mm. And meanwhile, yeah, meanwhile, you, you can go and register for nursing, nursing. at UNAM. But okay, so I went to UNAM, I registered for nursing. Mm. Just after I was registering, is now to go and register for mathematics to upgrade. Mm. I found out that Namco was actually closed. They were no longer accepting me. <laughs> My yeah, so but that didn't I went to start nursing school. At least. At least. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I got into nursing school. Okay. And that was my journey. Mm. Yes. Well, initially I was like I'm, I'm not gonna be here for long. Yeah. Just for this year. Mm. Then next year I'm out of here. Nursing school doesn't play. Within the, <laughs> within the second month of school, you are already at the hospitals for, wow. for, for practicals. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's really, really hands-on yeah. training. Every day I was like, this is not my environment. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. I'm going to be here next year. Yeah. And then, next thing I know, it's the end of first year. I passed really well. Wow. Surprised myself. And then and I told my mom, I'm going to change. Mm. It's like, but you didn't do your mathematics. You didn't finish. You didn't finish. <laughs> what now? What now? Yeah. Like, I'm going to law. I'm going to do something. I'm just going. And my mom is like, no, no, no. Listen, you already did one year. Mm-hmm. passed really well. Why don't you do at least two years? Yeah. And then you get the certificate for having done something. That's true. And then at least you can fall back on that. I'm like, is that possible? She's like, yes. So I trusted my mom. Mm. Then I went to second year. After second year now, the thought of having to go and restart 
when everybody else is moving to flat here because yeah. now I've made friends mm. I've gotten comfortable mm. and I'm like you know what let me finish this mm. I started it I also want to have the third year epaulet because yeah. <laughs> we have epaulets that like the first year is one stripe second okay. is uh, two stripes mm. so I wanted to have the three stripes now Aww. so that's my nursing year yes until it was done well, that's cool mm-hmm. and how did that journey like or what did you learn from that whole experience because I think that's really good advice that you got from your mom to say that just finish it and then you can have that certificate and you can mm. always fall back on mm. I feel like most times most parents or most people would say that just do it you started it you have to you're going to be a nurse until you die that's it that's the end or they tell you oh if you drop out you know I'm not gonna support you mm. that kind of thing but like, what did that journey really like um, teach you at that moment um the importance of of parents um, they don't force you mm. they somehow give you your life to run it mm. They don't say do it this or I. No, mm, they, mm. they let you make your decisions. Yeah. I think for me that was the most important. Mm. Yeah, because had they probably told me no, you mm. must finish it. I can't do that. Mm. I paid. Mm. Being me, knowing myself and how stubborn I am, I probably <laughs> would have rebelled against it. Yeah. But she was like, it's still up to you. Mm. But um, I would advise mm. that finish this, mm. at least get. She was reasoning with me. Mm-hmm. I was 18 yeah. at the time, but she didn't treat me like a teenager. Yeah. She was reasoning with me. Mm-hmm. And that to me felt like I was in control mm-hmm. of my life, and which was very important for me. True. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. So then after nursing, what happened next? <laughs> after nursing, no, you, we couldn't wait. My friends and I, mm. God, we couldn't wait to now finish and be registered nurse, midwife, yeah. <laughs> and having, moving from student epaulets to yeah. the purple epaulets, now oh, being cool. a registered nurse. Um, that was really exciting. Mm. Um, and then um, once we are done, I was posted at the time. Once you are done, you indicate where you want to go. Mm. To go. Practice. You choose where you want to go. Yes, uh, at the time the the nurses were like so cool. really in demand. Oh, you didn't yeah. have yeah. so like there were posts all over. You just have mm. to indicate where. Yeah. Um, for some reason, I wanted the south. Mm. So there was Kitmans, there was Carlsberg. I chose Carlsberg. I have no such a small town. Such a small town. I just wanted to be further away from home. <laughs> I just, for some reason, I wanted to, like, like, if I'm going to start practicing, I don't want to be with my people. Yeah. I want to learn a mm. new, like, to be in a different, different environment, environment where people are going to know me as a professional mm. and not as, oh, this is who who's child mm. from the community. Yeah. I wa- and I didn't want to be in the big cities either. Yeah. Because in the big cities, somehow, uh, but you get swollen up by the system, mm-hmm. you just disappear. You, you true. There are so many people mm. within the big cities, mm. but if you go to the remote areas, I mm. felt, and I was right actually, mm. that there's more exposure, yeah. and you get to learn a lot mm. and be more independent. Because I just felt like when you were in in the city, um, the team is so big. Mm so many senior people so mm. you remain a junior even post yeah. being a junior yeah so i didn't want to be in the big cities 
and yeah, I, I ended up in Karasberg District Hospital, registered nurse Hamada. Yeah. <laughs> and how long were you um, there, being a nurse? And well, um, two years. Okay. Uh, two years. I was a, a nurse uh, midwife there, mm. and being there is when I found out. Ironically, when I was in school, I didn't like midwifery oh, wow. <laughs> at all. Like um, I was scared of it. Yeah. But it's like delivering babies, right? Yes. Okay. That's uh, taking care of pregnant women. Okay. Yeah, through pregnancy mm. and during birth and after birth, okay. and actually taking care. Uh, when you speak about sexual reproductive health, mm. that's the area of a midwife. Okay. Yes. So I didn't really, at the time when I was in school, I didn't like it. Mm. Um, I didn't like the subject. I t- like, I really, I did my practicals because mm. it was a requirement. Yeah. But if I could, I would stay away. Yeah. And then I get to Carasbell mm. and things change. Yeah. I didn't like being a nurse. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't like being in the general world. I, um, no, I loved being in maternity work, mm. and I got more interested in women's mm. issues. I got more interested in sexual reproductive health mm. and, yeah, immunizations, contraceptives. Mm. Uh, that was what uh, what uh, interested me most mm. when I was in Carlsberg. Mm. I in was the practical, in the field. In the field now, mm. being a being a practitioner now, mm. being a professional. Mm. Those were my in. The general words, I I was there, mm. but I didn't connect, mm. and I think my patients were suffering a lot <laughs> because it's um yeah yeah so it was very nice being in Carlsberg. Mm. I with the benefit of being young and naive, mm-hmm. I did things my way, mm-hmm. fought the system. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I was so young, I was energetic, and yeah. I spoke my mind. Mm. And that's how my time, my two years in, uh, wow. in, in Carlos Berhue. And at the time, I think career progression within nursing, mm. we thought, was for you to move out, mm. go become a doctor, mm. go become something else. Mm. That was um, so. When I was there, my friends and I, because we were three from the same class, I came to Carlsberg. Mm. We spoke about wanting to go into medicine. Mm. And this other doctor who was working with us was like, yeah, no, you can do medicine here and whatever. Mm. And then there was a friend, a doctor, Dr. Chibiliti. Then he was like, so we are, no, we are not a doctor. We are not a clinician. I'm like, okay, you, my friend, you are a lawyer. Oh, wow. And I'm like, hmm? <laughs> I mean, look at what you've done since you got here. Yeah. I fought against my uniform. Oh, wow. Yes. I, <laughs> I didn't like my uniform. But my uniform, the shoes was like a heel. Mm. And the skirt was a special skirt. Mm. And I didn't want to wear that mm. uniform because I, I reasoned. I can't run. Yeah. If my patient is falling and I need to run, then yeah. I can't. My yeah. skirt is too tight. My shoes, I was a risk to myself. Yeah. And so I, I rebelled, mm. obviously, <laughs> being me. Mm. I wore pants that were oversized because they didn't have my size. Yeah. And I wore slippers. 
They were white slippers. Mm. They were the only comfortable things I could find. Of course, I could understand why my matron was angry, but they, it was more practical for mm-hmm. me to wear that. Yeah. So constantly, my matron and I were parting heads. And uh, yes, mm. so that's how my friend was like, you know, since you got here, you spoke out so many. You are not scared. Mm. Like in your little body, you are not scared mm. of, of 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 speaking. So now, my friend. Go and do. Go and speak <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. Go and and advocate yeah. for for people. I'm like, you know, when I was in nursing, mm. first year, wanting not to move courses, mm. law came up, mm. and I'm like, maybe you have a point. Mm. So I applied. Uh, my friend told me, no, Yunam is offering part-time law now. Okay. I'm like, okay. I applied. Got admitted, and I didn't look back. Packed my bags, resigned, and packed my bags and left my work for Vendok. Gosh. Yeah. So law took you how many years? Seven. Wow. <laughs> On part time. Oh. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yes. Were you working? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um. So I left Karasberg, uh, 2007, January mm-hmm. to start law. And I I chose part-time with the hope that I will find a job during mm. the day and mm. then attend classes at night. Mm. The first eight months mm. of 2007, <laughs> I couldn't get a job. Most of the jobs I was getting were uh, shift work. Mm. And I couldn't take a, sh- uh, a shift yeah. work because then I would miss out on my classes. For seven, eight months, I was unemployed. Luckily, I had a place to stay. Mm. I was not paying rent. I had luckily, no. Luckily, yeah. I am in Windhoek. In Windhoek, <laughs> yes. I, I am very lucky. Very, very lucky. Uh, I remain grateful yeah. to to my cousin, really. So on the ninth month, um, I got a job as a TB nurse. Okay. Uh, TB focus nurse at Katetura Hospital. Because mm. it was a eight to five job. Okay that allowed me to attend classes at night. So that went on until for three months. (laughs) (laughs) And then I received a call from um, the blood transfusion services of Namibia. I had applied and they said, okay, we we have a position for you. Because at the TB uh, hospital, I was informed that um, you are not going to be there forever. Okay. You would at some point mm. be required to work shifts. Oh. Yeah. So getting the blood transition position was better, mm. or so I thought, mm. um, because then I won't, there won't be a possibility of working shifts. Mm. But what I, what I didn't know is the blood transition traveled a lot. Oh. Yeah. Um, like in a month you would have to travel out of town for at least four days so yeah but i loved it it was a different environment i learned a lot um as much as uh, also at tb i learned a lot within those three months i learned a lot and it it it, it taught me a lot about tb about tb patients what their needs are that that was really also really good and I moved over to blood transfusion and learned about what it's what, what, it, know, means. what, it, what it means. Yeah. Like 
people. I always knew there were people say donate blood. I yeah. didn't understand. <laughs> so that really made me appreciate yeah. the process of blood transfusion, mm-hmm. the cleanliness of it and all. So I was with the blood transfusion for two years. Two years. And did I mention that I'm lucky? <laughs> my class, my law class, yeah. my part-time class actually had my next employer. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so there I am I'm in class, I'm a <laughs> I'm a nurse midwife in a law class and I was just excited reading I mean learning about criminal laws and everything yeah. and every all the examples that came up. Mm. I was applying them to my field of nursing. Yeah. You know? And I knew this guy in my class, like he's from the health sector. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I think I was living in my own bubble. I didn't really pay much attention to him. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this, he actually works with the Health Professions Council. Like, hmm. And then one day, I, like, I got the courage and I approached him, like, aren't you hiring? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for a job. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, no, I, 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 I. I'll keep listening to you when mm. you do your when you argue cases in class. Mm. You always make reference to the yeah health sector. To the health sector is mm. that what you are interested in? I'm like yeah, like um, I'm a nurse, mm. okay. and you know with this law, mm. I would want to apply it to that field. Mm. So it's like hmm, okay, yeah, we might have uh, something for you because okay. we are developing our legal. Uh, department there so yes like really yes I'm like um how long will this be <laughs> time time <laughs> but yeah. um so yeah we didn't have that discussion mm. again until i think now when the position became available it's like mm. do you still want to work for us i'm like yeah sure good um come mm. In my third year of law wow. school, <laughs> I was having a job mm. that allowed me to combine my Both. Ne- Yes. Amazing. It was a dream. That's so throughout, from then on, until mm. I completed the LLB, mm. I was having... Um, in-house um, internship mm. somehow. Literally. Literally. Yeah. yeah. That is so cool. Yes. That so, doesn't happen often, honestly. Um, my name is Penela, which means there's luck. You know, like... There definitely uh, is luck. <laughs> definitely is luck. Definitely. So that was my, my journey. That's so cool. So what made you... At the end of that now, what made you really stick to that? Because... Like I mentioned, you want to start a podcast, mm. and I feel like that's also the same area that you still want to focus on. Yeah, yeah. So, what makes you, you know, or what made you go into that combination of the two fields, and mm. what makes you really stay there? Like, what is so important in that place that you want to be, and that service that you want to provide to people? Okay. Um. Remember when I said my colleague was like you go to law, go and advocate, mm-hmm. yeah? Um, when I left, when I started uh, law school, I thought the ultimate goal 
was to once I'm done with law school one day was I thought since I, I thought I couldn't do both mm. my interest really was to protect um, nurses mm. and midwives mm. legally okay. um, that's what I thought mm. being there being part of the system and knowing the struggles mm. of nurses and midwives mm. I thought once I'm done there was, that was going to be my primary focus mm. um, when I ended up now at the Health Professions Council my job there was, my first job there was called a pro Senior Professional Conduct Officer. Mm -hmm. This position was investigating cases of unprofessional conduct against healthcare practitioners that includes uh, nurses and midwives. Yeah. So what that position allowed me to do was to learn, whereas I had the perspective of a nurse mm. within the healthcare system, mm. the struggles and the needs of, of, of nurses and midwives. This position then exposed me to the need of the public, mm. their experiences within the healthcare sector. Mm. So coming basically from the patient's point of view. From the patient's view, because mm. what the Health Professions Council does is anybody who feels aggrieved or who's unhappy with the conduct of a healthcare practitioner, a registered mm. healthcare practitioner, can um, complain mm. to the healthcare, uh, Health Professions Council mm. to say, this person that you've registered, mm. uh, this is how they treated me, look into their conduct, mm. was that professional or not professional. Mm. So with this, I got to, to, to experience both sides. So you have patients here and their family members who are telling you this is what happened. This is what happened. Mm. This is what we believe. Mm. This is what how we perceive the healthcare system. This is our experience of mm. the healthcare system. And then you have one day complain. Mm. You have practitioners now responding to these allegations. Yeah. And then you get to hear their voices as well. As well. Mm. Yes. So I've got to now have a clear picture from both sides. Mm. And I learned to say, okay, now you have two people mm. who equally have needs mm. that are unmet. And I think within this role now, I, came, I, I grew mm. to say, okay, how do I best address the needs of these two people? Yeah. It, I, my focus now changed from I want to protect nurses and midwives mm. uh, to caring for healthcare practitioners because now I was no longer just dealing with nurses and midwives, yeah. I was dealing with a whole lot of other healthcare professionals yeah. and you come to realize their needs are the same. And then now you have patients too in their experiences of the healthcare system mm. and they complain but who takes care of them to help them to, to carry on after what they have gone through mm. within the healthcare system. So that is now where Sylvia became the Sylvia where she is today. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I feel like that's, that's such an important um, stance that you have. And I think that it's also a good idea or it's a great thing that you were able to get into mm. the health council as you did to just experience the both sides because I think um, from my side I can only talk about what um, what a patient would go through mm. being as somebody who has gone to 
you know, a hospital or a clinic to um, to get a service from them. And as much as you try to empathize, because I always try to empathize with people, yeah, and maybe make excuses <coughs> like, oh no, they could have been having a bad day, or mm. they're humans too, so, you know, this and that. But at the end of the day, I think it's also important that when someone is giving a service that they give their best mm. so what has been like when you tell people like this is what you do what are some of the misconceptions that people have about your role um the, i can't say maybe misconceptions rather than really not understanding okay <laughs> <laughs> well at times i also don't understand it myself yeah yeah um here you have you sympathize, you empathize with the healthcare practitioners, mm, mm. and then you also empathize with the patients. Mm. You know, like to me, we'll go like, hey, woman, choose your side. Whose side are you on? Yeah. And I'm like, um, I don't want to choose a side yeah. because, in the end, they both are human beings with needs. Mm, mm. Um, there is, there is, uh. A lack of trust mm. between the patients and the healthcare people. True. So it's not find somewhere somehow. Mm. How do I harmonize these people? Mm. Um, I've had people, a, a patient will come to my office and they complain. This, they are really broken. Mm. You know, um, they they recall their experiences within the healthcare sector. No, they relive this moment as if it happened yesterday mm-hmm. and they remember each word, they remember each movement, they remember everything. And you understand, you know you and then you ask a response from mm-hmm. these people who attended to this mm-hmm. patient. Some of them actually end up in my office when they bring their responses. And I always say, okay, those who bring their responses to my office mm-hmm. now, sit, let's have a conversation. What happened? And they also recall. Yeah. And next thing you know, you also have a person before you mm. also crying and heartbroken. And, and I was like, okay, wow. now you have two people <laughs> from different angles, yeah. all having experienced an event, mm. both of them broken. Yeah. And nobody mm. to talk to them to help them through help them through this process yeah. and given my position at the time I couldn't do much yeah. we are there to protect the public um, but now you have this person mm. who's a healthcare practitioner who's broken mm. and tomorrow must go back to their work, to work yeah. and to work and be hundred percent. And be hundred percent. Yeah. So that, mm. to me, also, I was like, oh, what, am, what am I doing? Mm. <laughs> you know, I, how do I best help these people? Yeah. Because really, both of them are hurting. Mm. So yes. Wow. It's uh, we are still trying to, mm-hmm. to find a way, mm. um, to find a way so that at least these two people. The patient and the healthcare practitioner mm. both somehow find a way mm. 
to live past beyond the experiences. Mm. This patient has to go on with life yeah. and to still have faith and hope and trust within the healthcare system. Yeah. And then you have this, patient, this practitioner who must go back and mm. to still have faith in that their clients mm. are not going to complain against their services when they thought they were giving their best yeah because now this this to to find a way to restore mm. the trust between these two between people. the two yeah. Them, yeah yeah wow yeah that's intense <laughs> yeah yeah so this podcast that you want to do now what exactly do you want people to be able to gain from it or what how are you going to approach this for people to be able to gain what you want them to? to? Well, um, the podcast, I think, what was the name the other time? <laughs> yeah, Surviving the Healthcare System. Yes, yes. yes. That's such a good name, actually. Thank you. Um, with Surviving the Healthcare System, what I'm going to try to achieve mm. is to to share my views or opinions on what I think mm. uh, patients of the healthcare system or clients of the healthcare system can do mm. to survive the healthcare system. Wow. Literally survive. Literally survive. Why am I saying survive? Mm. Um, having seen people who, have, who complain, they go to the hospital or clinic or whatever they get treated in a way that they feel um, was disrespectful inhumane mm. did not respect their dignity or did mm. not you know like they feel degraded mm. they feel hurt or violated by the treatment or whatever the experience is mm. I want and okay, when they complain mm. They have these emotions that nobody, that they don't address. Mm. Some people actually believe complaining will help them heal. Mm. But I just think, or I believe that those experiences are post-traumatic. They are traumas that need to be dealt with as properly properly Mm. as any trauma would be dealt with. so I think I'm going to share the message. Mm. Really, I, I, I want to see if I can mm. try to make both parties understand each other mm-hmm. using my experiences yeah. that I've come to see. Mm. I want to say, okay, um, trust each other, mm. notwithstanding what we hear <laughs> in the newspapers and reading the newspapers yeah, and no, radio. They and really make you scared of the health system. Yes, and that one uh, experience. Mm. Um, how do you yourself mm. uh, deal with this for you to move on mm. and live a meaningful life post this uh, yeah. incidents? I think because we have many people who are still grieving. Mm. And this, they, it's not attended to, mm. and it steals joy from them. True. Some people 
would lodge a complaint or would, uh, institute civil proceedings. And then they find that at the end of these proceedings, there's still nothing. There's still that open wound. There's still yeah. that thing that is it doesn't heal them. Yeah. So I, that's what I'm going to try to explore. Yeah. Of course, there's a lot being written about it. Mm-hmm. I just came to see, to talk about this mm-hmm. in the podcast mm-hmm. and to see if I can help people understand, not confuse them. Yeah. <laughs> try not to confuse them and just to share experiences and try to, to let them understand mm-hmm. the other person. Practitioners to understand the other person, yeah. patient, and the patients to understand the practitioners, yeah. and just to see if we can try by at least by five percent restore the trust. A five percent is a lot, <laughs> at least. <laughs> it's a, it's it's a it's a long shot. Yeah. But well, we'll see. Mm. Even if it's just zero point five percent, I would I would feel like I made it in life. Yeah. That's that's yeah. I think that's really cool and I'm always for helping people understand the next per- the next person yeah. because I think just having a bit of understanding we say it a lot we say oh you know just try and imagine having a walk in the next person's shoes mm. but I don't think a lot of people really practice it to take a moment to really think that okay how would I really feel if I was that person mm. or you know maybe that person is having a bad day mm. or whatever it is we never really take that moment to think about the next, next person, person and just try to understand from their perspective mm. and I think it really makes us better people and better as we interact and engage with each other mm. so I'm definitely for that I'm excited for your podcast you know I'm excited for I'm excited for everybody to make a podcast just in general Mrs. So, podcast yes <laughs> Yeah, and I'm, I think it's really going to be cool. And I think it's really amazing because um, the issues that you're going to be dealing with are things that are so important and very crucial and that can really help uh, the entire society in general just to be better and to interact better with the health system. Because I, I think that people are scared of going to hospitals. I genuinely... Like, they, they don't mind paying medical aid for 10 years. But they're not going to go to a hospital. And I, I can't wrap my head around such ideas because health is so important. Mm. And you shouldn't really be scared of approaching your doctors or your nurses or pharmacists for, to ask questions or to interact with them. Mm. It's really, really, you know, big ups to you for that. Thank you so much, Sylvia. Um, last question. <laughs> so what has been all through your journey and growing up and everything up until this moment now i mean yesterday you just celebrated your birthday what has been one or two lessons that you have had to learn by yourself that nobody really like taught you and said okay sylvia this is a lesson and this is how you can apply it just maybe something that you had to like you thought back to maybe some experiences in your life and you're like okay actually this is a lesson and i'm gonna like move forward with this and implement it um number one patience <laughs> everybody says that it's so hard how <laughs> um patience yeah. i i it's something that carries me through. <clears throat> you know how you plan to say i want to do this mm. by end of september mm. this should happen 
and then September comes. It's not time. And then we tend to go into this panic mode. Mm. If I don't do this, I'm never gonna do this. And I, yeah. I told myself, you know what? For as long as I'm alive, whatever I intend to do, yeah, I will do it. If I die tomorrow while doing it, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Big ups. <laughs> I'm not gonna rush. I think yeah. we, we we are programmed to have this thing by which age, mm. uh, by which set defined set definite terms and mm. what have time frames and mm. have. What I've come to realize every time I set a time frame to something, I panic, mm. and then I become very harsh on myself. I, yeah. I tell myself I'm a failure because mm. I didn't do A, and then I'm like, let's try the patience card. Yeah. What if I want to do and I do it while I'm 60? Mm. I would still not have done it, right? Yeah. It's then that's still it. Done. It's still done. Yeah. I've learned patience. Mm-hmm. Um, patience with myself, patience with others as well. Mm. I used to be like, do this. Mm. And I want to present it. I'm like, you know what? Wait. <laughs> Relax. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> no, the world is not going to end. That's true. Relax. Mm. If it's gonna be done, mm. um, and my patience as well has allowed me to be efficient, because mm. then I get to really think and apply my mind and do things logically, in a sequence or whatever. Mm. Yeah, patience really is something that, and it's something that carries me through. And during COVID. It yeah. came in very handy. <laughs> corona. Corona. <laughs> During Corona is when I I came to appreciate myself. Yeah. I started my business mm. the last week of January. Oh, like wow. that's when I stopped. I left my former job the twenty fifth of January mm. and then the Monday I was in my new office. Mm. And then January, February, I went and I had many meetings. I was, mm. I was ready to roll. Yeah. And then, poof, March came. Corona. Corona. Yeah. Everything. The lockdown. The everything. lockdown. Everything. Mm. I think I had seven, eight hours of panic. Wow. What now? Mm. What? My plans. My finances, you know, yeah. opening a business, you have everything sorted out. You know, your projection yeah. must be happening. Yes. Then now you are like locked Stand down. Still. Stand still. Whole world, airports are empty. Lord, <laughs> like, what's happening? Yeah. I had those eight hours and I allowed myself mm. to wallow. Like, okay. And then I told myself, enough. Yeah. What's the way forward? Mm. What if the world doesn't reopen to what it, you know, mm, used to be? Yeah. Mm. What's next? What's next? Gosh. So that was the conversation I had to have mm. with myself. And I told myself, you know what? Okay, this is where we are. This is our projections that we had. And as it, we are shifting everything to 2021. Yeah. 2020 now is to re-strategize. It really is. And that's what I took. Mm. And I was really patient with myself. And I'm like, I would have blamed myself. You shouldn't have left the job. You shouldn't have. I'm like, no, 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 no. 
this is good. This is good because luckily for me, COVID came when I had no expenditures to take care of. I had yeah. nothing basically, other than me. Yeah. I like lucky. <laughs> Let's do this. What can you live with? What can you not live with? Mm. Restrategize. Like, and I'm still doing that. Yeah. And I'm being patient. And I'm like, okay. This one, let's see. Uh, whereas we projected this to be happening every month now, anything that comes in is good. Mm. If nothing comes in, it's also good. Mm. But there are things that we can be working on mm. while we wait. While we wait or while we make. And I have like three plans now mm. A, B, C. Mm. Plan A, main. Plan B. Mm. C is podcasting now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like keep busy. Yeah. Even if you're not making money during this COVID, yeah. then do it to upgrade yourself. yourself yes. uh, upgrade yourself for the current situation. Mm-hmm. Learn to thrive within this current situation. Mm-hmm. Don't be here waiting for normal, no, yeah. what you know is normal. True. If we never go back to normal, yeah. which doesn't look like we are going back to normal, move oh. with the times. Yeah. You know, podcasting and using, you know, that's, that's where yeah. I am. So patience is really something that has carried me through that I learned by myself. Mm. The other one is faith. Mm. Um, faith, especially opening a business. It was, you know when they say, uh, the minute you make a decision to take action, everything yeah. falls into place? Yeah that one <laughs> faith mm. so I took a decision I had absolutely no idea how this was gonna play out that's crazy <laughs> I swear no idea wow I was in Namfisa offices being told I can't operate a friendly society because they are phasing out if I want to go with this business I must do an insurance business wow. I never in my wildest imagination ever mm. ever thought I would venture into insurance business mm. and I said okay what does it require to get an insurance license yeah. like, this is here's the form this is mm. what you need and I was like give me that form yeah that was it I took that form and I read and I'm like there's no way <laughs> there's no way I'm gonna get this right but I said let me do what I can yeah let me see how far I end mm. here I am today when things I thought like it's impossible mm-hmm. there's no way there's absolutely no way I'm going to do this there's no way I'm going to get this capital there's no way I'm going to you know mm-hmm. and the minute I took that decision to just do what I can yeah. everything just fell into place and I think that's where faith came from I'm like Lord he who started this is going to see it to completion yeah. stop mm-hmm. stop stop panicking yeah. even with COVID came I'm like yeah. oh, no, 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 like you know what yeah. You thought yeah, you needed 8 million capital to do this. Mm-hmm. You ended up not even needing that or whatever. Yeah. So, why now? Why are you doubting? Mm-hmm. So, that faith, yeah, it's something that keeps me. Yeah. Awesome. Patience and, and faith. faith, yes. I love that. Thank you so much. This has been such an inspiring conversation for me because I think even with with corona and everything going on there was a bit of panic like okay yes corona is going on but Mm. even if there was no corona what are you gonna what are you doing with your life 
what is the next step? What are you going to do? Mm. But then now that everybody has been forced literally to stand still, I think it, it gave me that opportunity to also just reflect and think about, okay, moving forward, I need to be more intentional about everything that I'm doing and the steps that I take to get myself to where I need to be. Yes, there's, there is a bit of that pressure of by this age, you need to have this and that. But at the same time, life happens mm. and you you just do your best and then, you know, you trust God and you just keep moving, honestly. Just, just do what you can. Just do what you can. Yeah. Awesome. Take the first step. Definitely. Okay, this has been such a great talk. Do you want to plug your social media, website, anything? Where can people find you? Social media, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Your website. Um. Okay. My LinkedIn, Twitter, LinkedIn. Yes, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Hey, look at you. Sylvia Penela Hamata. Okay. Yeah, just uh, enter that. Sylvia okay. Penela Hamata, and then I'm on LinkedIn. Facebook. Wow. <laughs> I am on Facebook. <laughs> Sylvia Hamata as well. Um, not active. Okay. But I'm there. Mm. Um. But most of your work, everything can be seen on LinkedIn. Be honest, I'm not really <laughs> present. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, the business, the the health prop business. Yeah. I believe we have a Facebook page. Okay. Yeah, I believe. Okay. Health pro. <laughs> Alright. There's are, are things that I'm learning now during COVID to prioritize. Yeah. Um, your branding my branding mm. uh, what, where else am I uh, whatsapp doesn't count as, <laughs> uh, look out for for surviving the healthcare so, system yeah. podcast hey. and the health law name website to be launched sometime in August awesome. that's where you are going to learn about health laws in Namibia that's a very exciting project I'm, I'm, I'm working on cool. yeah no pressure uh, <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to get to talk to me yeah. or whatever just uh do you have like questions likes on your um yes and no <laughs> whatever so just yeah. leave a question with uh, comfort and yeah, I'll send them through to you. yeah she will send them through to me and i will respond i love responding to questions okay awesome. but so far i've not had over <laughs> thousand questions to answer so <laughs> yeah i love responding to questions and if you want to learn anything about health law about midwifery about that those are my areas of, of, of expertise mm. of interest and expertise perhaps yeah, but interest is more the correct term yeah you can can reach out but look out for surviving the healthcare system let's do this together awesome this is for both of us this is for us to restore (laughs) our trust within the healthcare system we need it we need especially out here we need all these stories guys we need to get our trust back in you know our health practitioners because they can really really do great things in our lives if we just you know engage with them if we just yeah yeah learn to respect one another engage with them and just trust approach them from from that Mm. angle as opposed to what you've heard yeah true approach them from a neutral mind Mm. and uh, yeah engaging as human beings basically yes and healthcare workers really also to 
have an eye as to what your patient got. Mm. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't know awesome. it's <laughs> long, but yeah. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. But it was such a good conversation, though. Honestly, no, it was, and I was, I was what? I was anxious. Yeah. To do podcasting. Yeah. But I think the fact that it's just something here, you know, it's like having you know, a conversation talk, and yeah. you just talk. Yeah. It's better than being on camera. So podcast is the, it's the one. <laughs> it's the one. It's the one. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Comfort. Thank you, Sylvia, so much for joining me today having this conversation i hope you guys enjoyed it honestly guys i thought this was gonna be like 20 minutes tops but now we are at 52 minutes and counting but this was really really interesting i hope that you guys get as much value from this as i did um do reach out to sylvia on her social medias that she plugged check out her website as well and the upcoming podcast surviving the healthcare system i will link all her dis- all her i will leave all her links in the description um below so do check her out and if you have any questions do let me know so that i can send them straight to her or if you can find her on linkedin and other platforms do also leave her your questions but thank you so much for listening do check me out on all my social media comfort ajibola instagram facebook twitter everything 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 you know wherever wherever you're looking for me you know i'm there so just find me well, and I'm let's also on talk twitter. Yes, you're on twitter yes i'm on twitter Yay. what's your twitter espanelao espanelao yes okay awesome yeah. so you heard guys Please go and follow her and hit her up with your questions. Until next time, which probably will be a while because I'm still trying to figure myself out. But see you guys next time. And thank you so much for listening. Bye.